and welcome to Philly and the Over, a brand new Philadelphia-based sports gambling podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe Simonera. I'm joined by Shane Curran. Shane, tell us what's on tap for today. Penn State-Purdue recap, Penn State-Ohio preview, and Joe's picks of the week. All right, time to cash in. Well, Shane, they won. That's that's the good news on the Penn State side of things. They, they got the W, and uh, immediately after the game in the on-field uh, interview, James Franklin said he'd much rather learn from the mistakes with a win than a loss, and uh, that kind of set the tone for the rest of the week of people uh, going easy on Penn State, but, but for just about... Uh, the entire game, I was pretty angry with uh, with the way things were unfolding. And don't get me wrong, Purdue's a good team, but but Penn State just looked awful. I, you know, I shouldn't say they looked awful. The first series, Sean Clifford was pretty accurate, and from there it was downhill. Um, I did not think the defense was sharp, uh, aside from Joey Porter Jr., who also, I mean, he dropped a pick six. He's essentially he's he's the national defensive player of the week. And he dropped a pick six and he still wins the award. So that's, that's the kind of player he is. And, and he did play well. Um, and as we talk further, we're going to, we're going to get into some other, other highlights and lowlights, but, uh, but, but all in all, I mean, you know, I, we, we were texting over the game and I just kept saying, this just, it's just a first, this looks like a first game of the season. You know, both teams are missing a ton of tackles. There was a lot of, a lot of drop passes. My God, uh, Keandre Lambert Smith, just, just brutal. Um, when, when Drew Aller got in for a little bit, Tyler Warren has one go through his hand. So it looked like the first game of the season, but, but I, I, I think that I have a lot of, a lot of concerns on both sides of the ball for Penn state. What are, what are your, what are your thoughts from, from game one? I, I'm, I'm a little bit of an, uh, of a reactionary, but, but I, I think I'm warranted here. Yeah, they survived that. That's what it comes down to. We, our season is still, is still, uh, is still going ahead. I mean, they lose that game and the season's over and it sucks for the next, 11 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it is. So it's, um, yeah, the, the season's still alive. I think, uh, the, the good takeaway, as you mentioned, I mean, besides the, the pick six, they, uh, Porter did not have in the, in the first, uh, I think it's the first quarter. Um, yeah. the other passes defendant, like he was just blanketing guys. Like I'm shocked they were even throwing at him. I'm just, I'm so excited to continue to watch this guy for the rest of the year because he's clearly the best player on the field. And, yeah. uh, you know, when, when they go up against Ohio state, hopefully, um, Smith, uh, and jig buzz is back. Cause, cause that matchup would just be a thrill to watch. Yeah. You know, I think, um, they, they were, they were mentioning it a lot on the, on, on the broadcast it was just, just Porter's kind of is not, not, not only his, his football instincts, but, but his, his mechanics, his positioning, his footwork, um, all just, just, just a, a step above everyone else. And you could see why he is that, that first round talent. Um, you know, yeah, I was, I was, from I was that down game. some uh, some notes during the during the game, and here's what I had on Joey Porter: miss pick six, yep. great <laughs> recovery on the sideline, tackle on Thompson, knocked him out of the game, yep. penalty in the end zone. Joey Porter is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it, all accurate. Uh, you know, you know what? Um, it, it was interesting. You, you mentioned that you know it was weird they were throwing to him at all, and and that that came up in the in the Tuesday press conference in Franklin basically said he thinks that, you know, Purdue just got into the game plan. They said, what, we're, we just have to run our offense. Uh, you know, that, that's what we're going to have to do. And, and you know, from, from then on, you could kind of see that's what was happening. And early in the game, if you remember, it was either maybe the first series or, or over the first two series that Purdue was on offense. Um, Aiden O'Connell's hitting uh, – hit, hit, what did um, – God, what did uh, – what was he calling him? Uh, Chuck Nasty or something, <laughs> the, the wide receiver for the transfer from Iowa. Um, the Gus Johnson uh, had given the nickname to, but anyway, he hits him twice and Porter's blanketed on the guy both times. And the pass was like, just 
pinpoint accuracy two times. And it was like, whoa, like they're throwing to him and, and completing passes. Like this doesn't look great. But uh, but I mean, they, they were just incredible throws. And other than that, Porter was was fantastic. And and I thought aside from Johnny Dixon, who played way too much for, for my liking, uh, he had the big sack at the end of the game. But other than that, I thought I thought Johnny Dixon was was horrendous at cornerback. I, I, I don't I don't like him playing. I thought Tyler Elson looked bad at linebacker. Um, the, the defensive line, you know, you had you had really, really an impressive showing from, from chop Robinson, the Maryland transfer. He had a big sack at the end of the game, but he, he seemed to be really, really involved. I thought he played well. Um, I thought, I thought Daquan Hardy played, played extremely well uh, in, in the nickel packages, which, which they ran quite a bit of because they, they couldn't afford to have, you know, Elson on the field or Kobe King on the field at all times. Um, but I thought, you know, other than the special team snafu where, and speaking of special teams, how good was Barney Moore punting the ball? I mean, oh, yeah. it, it was incredible. And the one Daquan Hardy screwed up uh, that, that should have been down at the one, but yeah, and other than that, that snafu in the end zone, I thought Daquan Hardy played, played, played really well. Um, you know, the, the other thing I'll say on the offensive end, uh, I mentioned chop Robinson as a, as a transfer, making an impact um, on the defensive side of the ball, Mitchell Tinsley wide receiver. I thought, I thought he played, he played really well. I think he had seven catches. Um, and look, <laughs> Sean Clifford was not good. He was bad. He was downright bad. And when he came back after his cramps, he he, he was underthrowing guys. There's there something off there, but he was bad the entire game. And sure, you could say, well, Sean Clifford in crunch time, leading the team down the field. Uh, Mitchell Tinsley broke two tackles on on the one reception on, that he called on the sideline, took it an extra 20 yards. Uh, and then Kevon Lee just, just burned a guy and basically, you know, was screaming for the ball in the touchdown. So, I mean, those are throws that, you know, I'd say every quarterback on the roster would have would have made, and then guys would go down making plays. So I'm really not confident in Sean Clifford, but I mean, I wasn't confident in Sean Clifford, you know, necessarily going into the year to be this di- just total dynamic quarterback who's who's slinging it all over the field. But that game gave me a lot of concerns, and the interception that the pick six that, that almost cost him the game, and and I thought for sure was going to uh, was just totally inexcusable. So that's got to get cleaned up real fast. Yeah. I mean, you, you didn't expect going into the year that Clifford was going to be in the Heisman race or anything like that at, you know, leading the team. Right. Uh, but, but what you did expect, and, you know, when we talked about this on the first episode, you know, one of the things I'm excited for, I'm like, Oh, we at least have a six year senior quarterback. Who's not going to make the freshman mistakes. He was consistently throwing the ball off his back foot. Oh yeah. The long passes that they had, the one that the touchdown to strange, the one, uh, I forget who it was to on, on the left. It might have been Tinsley on the left-hand sideline. These guys were like center fielders waiting for the ball to yep. get to them. And they yep. were wide open when they caught it. They then had to break tackles just to get back into stride. Like they were, they were bad passes all day. Granted the receivers dropped some balls, but for a guy that is a six year senior, you can't miss those wide open no, throws. You can't not. throw off your back foot. You can't throw yep. a pick six in the fourth quarter. Yes. He went down there yep. at the end of the game and had a great drive one of the better drives, but they wouldn't have been in that situation if you didn't make an awful read the series yeah. before. It's just just so disappointing. And, you know, yeah. after seeing uh, Drew Aller come in, like yeah. you don't want to just yeah. turn over the keys just I that know. soon. Yeah. But that guy looks like he is going to be a great pocket passer. Yeah, he, man, that that's that's called velocity on, on those footballs he's throwing. He yeah, is, he, he is had some zip on the ball. ball. It was yeah, just he was fire. firing out of his hand. I mean, it I, was... I mean, yeah, yeah, he, he, uh, he, he, the moment did not appear to be too big for him. And he's, I mean, the, the, he, he made the one mistake where he could have ran for that first down. Um, but, you know, I mean, 
that that that's the kind of thing that's going to come with with just seeing more more game time and and you know turning the page to this week it sucks because you're not going to learn anything because you're going to go out and you're going to just dominate ohio so you're not really going to you know clifford's going to look great the defense will have a bunch of sacks porter will probably get a pick six this game um so you you know and and i think that the big thing um that everyone's going to be looking at is the offensive line uh especially in this game so they looked okay uh, they rotated a lot of guys in and out. I know Bryce Effner was in at the end of the game at right tackle. They they take Caden Wallace out of the game. And, you know, Franklin sort of said he's got a lot to work on, which was a little bit of a surprise because Franklin was really hyping up the offensive line going into the season. But, you know, all in all, I think they were okay. Uh, if you remember last year, they played Nova, and the running game couldn't get going against Nova. You're thinking like, oh, boy, this this could be it. So I think it, with Ohio, you know, obviously not a, a – a, an FCS team, but, but a, uh, you know, a lower level um, FBS team, you really want to see the offensive line get pushed and you want to see one of the three running backs or all three of them, honestly, uh, you know, pick up chunk carries, you know, eight, nine, 10 yards. I think Nick Singleton uh, will probably pop one for, for 50, 60, 70 yards touchdown uh, this week. That'd be a pretty decisive on his runs. He oh, really yeah. was, yeah. He, he was getting North and South yep. quick. It was one cut and he was firing through the hole. It was, it was fun to see. I'm I'm excited to watch that guy throughout his collegiate career. Yeah. So that's, that's the other, I mean, there was, there, I think, I think Kevon Lee had a run where uh, he, he got, he, he probably could have, could have taken it, you know, it, I mean, it, it looked like some open field and he just got tripped up and couldn't get through a, a kind of an ankle tackle. Um, but yeah, Singleton looked, looked good. I thought Katron Allen looked, looked like he, he's a pretty good runner too. Um, but the offensive line just has to be better. And, and I think that this week you're really going to look and say, okay, are they moving bodies off the line for these running backs um, again, against a, a team like Ohio? And, and I, you know, I think they, they will um, this year because they do think this is a better unit than it was last year. Uh, but, but that being said, I still have, have so many concerns with, with a Mike Yurcich's play calling and B Manny Diaz's defense. I mean, every, just about every time Diaz brought pressure, good things happened and he just played this vanilla defense the entire game. And it's like, you got to win. Like, I understand you don't want to show your hand the first game of the season, but you're playing, you're not, you're not playing Youngstown state. You're playing Purdue and you have to win the game. So I thought the, the offensive play calling was vanilla. I think they, I think they really had a game plan of, Hey, we're going to, we're going to show the world about our offensive line and our running game. And it just didn't work. Um, and, and Clifford didn't, didn't really help the situation, but I'm a little, I'm just a little concerned with, with both the coordinators right now. That's, that's who I was putting a lot of the blame on, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, you're going to beat Ohio and then you got to play Auburn and then we'll learn more about this team in, in that game at Auburn. I think that'll be, be exciting. Let's take a quick break. And then we'll I come got. back with some of your, uh, some of your picks for the week. All right, right back to it. The first game that uh, you have selected for one of your locks of the week is the Penn State game. The over-under is at 54. The line is set Penn State minus 24 and a half. Looking at the numbers real quick, the bet percentage is 68% of the bets coming in on Penn State. And again, that is that represents the total number of bets coming in and, and how many of those are on one side versus the other versus uh, the Money that's coming in, 81% of the money is coming in on Penn State, whereas only 19% on Ohio, uh, just a 13% differential there. Joe, what do you like in this game? Well, this podcast is called Philly in the Over because we like home teams and over. So last week, I, I took Penn State uh, minus the three and a half and covered that, taking the home team. This week, I'm going with the over 54. Um, number feels fairly low to me. Ohio is not stopping anybody and has the ability to score. 
Penn State, uh, you know, they typically come out in these MAC games, and and their defense does look good. Uh, you know, they they're typically holding opponents to to seven points. You know, three points. Uh, sometimes even even a shutout. I think they shut out Idaho uh, a couple years back in in one of these early season games. Um, but I think that Ohio is is capable of scoring on the Penn State defense, and they are not going to stop Penn State. Uh, last week, Ohio wins forty one thirty eight against Florida Atlantic. Uh, Florida Atlantic's quarterback Nikozy Perry, who was a, a Miami player, I, I believe. Um, before transferring, uh, he had 364 yards to the air and five touchdowns. So I think Sean Clifford can have a really big game against uh, against the Ohio passing defense. And I also am really, uh, I'm, I'm really, again, I mentioned it earlier, but I'm excited to see the running game and how the offensive line plays. So I think that you could have big chunk yardage runs that help get that total up. Um, so I am I am confident on Penn State to be able to score points. And, and Curtis Rourke, the quarterback at Ohio, uh, really, really a talented player. Um, I think he threw he threw for 345 yards, four TDs. Uh, again, that's against Florida Atlantic's defense. But as I said, I'm not I am not sold on Manny Diaz, and I'm not sold on that Penn State defense right now. And Penn State's going to be working guys in and out and trying to trying to build depth, as as James Franklin keeps saying. So you're going to have a lot of second you know second second team players, third team players getting in the game. So I think Ohio can can tack on a couple points. I think Penn State's going to score, uh, you know, in the 40s. Uh, if not, you know, cover that line themselves. So I'm, I'm pretty confident in the over, uh, in the over uh, uh, 54. The next game on the list is uh, UVA at Illinois. So this line is set at uh, Illinois minus four, and the over under is set at 57 and a half. Looking at the uh, the money coming in, there is 78 percent of the money coming in on Virginia. And uh, for the bet percentage, you're also getting 61% of the bets. Mm-hmm. What do you like here? Yeah, I'm going to take uh, take Virginia plus those those four and a half points. Um, I I'm a little confused by the line. I think I think Illinois is is getting over over hyped right now. Um, and I you know I understand that that there there's something cooking there, uh, but I don't think that they're five points better than than Virginia, um, who's really bringing out one of the one of the top quarterbacks in the country in, in Brennan Armstrong uh and, and I mean he was he was honestly a a lot of you know you see a lot of buzz around him as a sleeper to win the Heisman so uh, I think that you know I think you, you you talk about Illinois defense and I don't see them really being able to stop to stop Armstrong and the Virginia, the Virginia offense. So yeah, I like those, those four and a half points there. I, I just think Illinois is a little bit overhyped after, uh, after a good start to the season. But um, yeah, yeah I, I, I think that, I think that Virginia hangs with them even in Illinois and, uh, and I, and I think they can, um, yeah, I think they can, they can win that game pretty handily. And, and I say good start to the season. Um, that was the blowout against Wyoming, but they, they just lost a close one to Indiana. So um, Illinois is, is coming off a loss. And um, I think it's going to be, you know, I think it's going to possibly be another loss. I'm not quite there yet, but, uh, but I think Virginia is really tough and I'm, I'm going to take Virginia in those, those points as a uh, road dog. Yeah. And the one thing you mentioned there, you got it at four and a half uh, looking at it. So the odds have shifted a little bit uh, in your favor, it looks like. So just mm-hmm. a reminder out there, shop the lines, you can get better lines, uh, you know, at, at different books. So make sure you're getting the best line for yourself. Absolutely. The last and final game this week for your lock is uh, Mississippi state minus 10 and a half and uh, they're at Arizona and the over under for this game is uh, 58 
Now the that percentage coming in for Mississippi State is 56%, so pretty pretty much even. Uh, however, they are getting a lot of the money, so you uh, seem to be on the right side of all these, Joe. Yeah, uh, Mississippi State. This this again is is just another classic example of I think a team being way overhyped early in the season. I think that's Arizona. This is uh, Jed Fish is is doing an admirable job there, but this is still not some juggernaut of a program. Um, Mississippi State, I. Th- I think one of the things that concerns me is they do play LSU next week, and and do they overlook Arizona in Arizona? Because that that'll that'll get you in trouble. Um, but I, I don't think they do. I think I think Mike Leach can have fun in this game and and put up some points on on the Wildcats. Uh, you know, in Arizona, they they they, they were look. I'm surprised and I was impressed. They, they beat San Diego state pretty handily. They beat them 38 um, 20 last weekend. And, you know, Arizona, Arizona's um, Arizona's quarterback, uh, uh, Jaden Delar played very well. They, they, they have a couple good running backs. So, so I think there's potential there and this game, this game could be some, some points. Um, but I'm just, I'm just thinking Early in the season, after seeing both teams a little bit, I, I think Mississippi State is is way better than than Arizona. So I'm not I'm not hesitant to lay those ten and a half points. I just think the the talent of of Mississippi State and some of the weapons that uh, some of the weapons they have that they that they they bring out with uh, with Mike Leach's offenses is, is going to be a little little too much for a uh, little too much for. Uh, for Arizona to handle, even, even with the game in Arizona, um, keep, keep an eye on, on Will Rogers to have another monster game. Uh, you know, yeah, I think he had five touchdowns last week and, and I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, he gets that again. So, uh, I'm, I'm confident Mississippi state for, for another big win. This week, you have three locks of the week last year. You had many more. And, uh, you know, as we get into the NFL, uh, the NFL breakdown on our next show, uh, week one for the NFL, I- I'm going just overboard. So, that, so that's that's my bread and butter. But you, what was your record? I guess last week, uh, right. I know you, I know you really dove into a lot of these games. All right. So, so picks that I gave on the podcast, I was four and four. All right, which is okay. It's not what I had hoped for. I gave out a Twitter pick, which hit. That was a Buffalo, uh, uh, Buffalo pick. So, so five and four on the week. You got to follow us on Twitter at Philly Overs. Get those, uh, get those locks as they come in. Now. Here's what happened. So uh, Thursday night, I have Penn State. Nice to cover. Uh, I have Oklahoma State. I had the under in that game. I think they hit the over by the first quarter. <laughs> like it was it was a joke how many points they were scoring. Um, so that was a stupid play by me. But but hey, that was the one that that the the uh, the numbers would have would have said, hey, take the under in this game. That's where that's where the smart money's going. It was not. All right. So then we get into into the the second second day. I have Temple. Uh, uh, Temple Duke was one of the picks. Michigan State uh, was the other pick, and uh, I hit both of them. So now I'm three and one. I'm feeling pretty cocky. So then I put that Buffalo pick out. That hits. So now I'm four and one, and I'm saying, all right, this is this is ab- uh, yeah, this is absolutely fantastic. I have a uh, couple more bets on the board. Um, we hit. So now I'm at five. I forget what game I hit. We're at five and one, and then we get into where like, wow, when I'm wrong, I no, I'm sorry, we didn't. We're four and one now. Now I'm getting crushed. So that was the uh, Oregon pick, which Georgia <laughs> beat Oregon so handedly. It was just just in, start to finish dominated them. And last week on the podcast, I or last yeah last week, um, I'm on there as saying that I don't think Georgia is going to dominate the game start to finish, which they they absolutely did. Uh, the other game, the other loss that came next was uh, 
uh, was that brutal Notre Dame uh, Ohio State game where Jackson's with a jig, gets hurt on the first out of series of the game. That that look that changes things. Notre Dame played well. I was I was surprised by how well they played, but yeah, so was I. That was my biggest yeah. takeaway from that game. Yeah. Was that yeah. Notre Dame like okay, maybe they were deserving of that that five rank going into Could the be, year. Yeah. But you take a weapon off the field like him, and it's going to change things. So anyway, so we're we're four and four uh, going into the to the night game, um, and that that is that is our our beautiful uh, beautiful Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. I uh, took the over in that game, and and I I got by by, ooh, by by a hair, but uh, but we got there. So I was uh, very very pleased with that. Now that was an example. I think I had the line at sixty five over. They ended up scoring 66. And I believe when the line went, when, when the game started, the line I last time I saw it was 67 and a half. So everyone had gotten on that over, but it went a little too high. So um, that's, you know, you definitely want to shop around, make sure you get the best, best bets. And if you're confident in something, get it in early because, because, you know, these things will change. So, so that was a uh, week one, a lot to break down there, but, uh, but week two, I'm, I'm raining in it a little bit. I don't like the slate really that much this week. You know, you have Texas and, and Alabama is a big game. Uh, but that's on at noon, so I won't be watching that because that's when Penn State plays. So, um, yeah. So I mean, it, it's just not a not a slate. Week two is usually a tough tough slate, and I'm I'm not a, I'm not a big fan this week. So I'm focus, focus, focusing on NFL Week One. That that will be uh, our next our next show, and uh, and I know that you're excited for that too. Yeah. So as we go through the college football slate each week, Joe, you'll be giving your your locks of the week. Now I have a different approach to to betting college football, and I'd say it's a little more simplistic. Uh, and that is pretty much, I look for whoever the top few teams are. I look who they are. And rather than taking the the huge lines that you see last week, it was, uh, Alabama was, I think 42 and a half rather than take that. I look at what the first half line is. Cause I know the starters are going to be in, they're going to dominate. And then the third, fourth quarter is when, you know, usually the backups come in and it starts to slow down. Right. So that's my strategy. I look for the best team. I take the first half line and last year it worked out really well for me. I hopped on Georgia, uh, nice and early. I think it, I think it was 11 and two, uh, on the year that I went, uh, in each of the games that I bet them now this year, so far one to know with Alabama this week, again, I'm going to ride them. The line right now is at 20 and a half. I got it as soon as it came out. Um, the, the, I'm sorry, the first half line right now is at, uh, 13. I got when it first came out at 11 and a half. Uh, that's just going to be my strategy throughout the year. Now this week, there's a few other teams I might toss in there, but the, uh, the only one I'm giving out as a lock is Bama first half, uh, minus 11 and a half. There we go. I do have to mention. So on our, one of our first episodes, we gave out our college football win totals. One, one of my locks was Vanderbilt over two and a half. Now I was thinking that uh wake forest quarterback, Sam Hartman would not be playing against Vanderbilt. So Vandy, Vandy wins uh, the first two games. They beat Hawaii and Elon. And I thought there was a chance without Sam Hartman, they could beat wake. Sam Hartman is back. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch if see if Andy can beat a team that they're not supposed to be the rest of the way to cover that one. But, uh, but we're actually off to a pretty good start with, uh, with our, our team win totals for the year. So should be exciting. Uh, last note on college football temple plays Lafayette. I have no idea what the line is, but don't be surprised. If temple <laughs> loses that game. Don't be shocked. They're awful. They're so bad. So bad. Joe, the App State North Carolina game. Holy shit. That game. Okay. So this is this is me watching that game. Yeah. I should actually bring up the text stream that I was sending to <laughs> during this game. Now, as we're watching the game, uh, I was watching it early on and uh North Carolina went down twenty-one to seven. 
Yep. During that time, I was searching everywhere, trying to get a live line on North Carolina. I couldn't find it. It wasn't posted anywhere. Once they were down 21-14, however, I was able to get a line of plus 270. Now, they immediately take off, score three unanswered touchdowns. Going into the fourth quarter, they're up, I think it was what, 42-28. Yep. What unfolded <laughs> through the rest of that college football game was just, just insane. It was insane. So they, let me bring up the actual numbers here. There was something like 62 points scored between the two uh, teams in the fourth quarter. And as you're watching the game, there were, I think, three touchdowns in the last 30 seconds. Uh, so they go down there, App State goes down there to, uh, to try and tie the game. They score a touchdown. They go for two and go for the win. Now, the, the running back goes out of the backfield and is wide open. There's no one within five to 10 yards of him. And the quarterback throws it over his head. Just mind boggling. So as I'm watching that, I'm thinking, oh my God, I won. I hit the money line. Awesome. <laughs> the ensuing kickoff, onside <laughs> kick, and North Carolina had probably the three nicest blocks I've ever seen on, <laughs> on the uh, unsuspecting App State players who were yep. running and looking at the ball and not ready to get just mauled. But if you look at that, those guys just got pancaked. The North Carolina player takes the ball back for a touchdown. All he had to do was just fall over and the game's over. They kneel it once, game's over. Instead, he takes them for a touchdown. They kick the extra point. They're now up eight. Have stayed again in, I think there was like 18 seconds at this point, go down, score a touchdown, and are going for two again. They get stopped at the one. I end up winning the bet. It was one of the more stressful yet entertaining bets that I'll probably have throughout the entire year, and it came in week one. Hey, that that is... Wins a win. Um, it just, I'm fine. I'm on the beach finally. I gave my phone, and every time I look at my phone, it's just a different the, the score is just, just different. And, and the other thing I'm getting so, so here's how stupid I am. And, and get, get ready for a lot of these kind of stories throughout the year. So, uh, I'm texting a buddy of mine, Vince, and uh, I said, What do you like at noon? He says, uh, App State UNC over. And I think the line was 59 and a half. And I responded, Oh, a points fest at the rock? I don't think so. <laughs> The final was 63 to 61. So both teams covered the, the total. And of course I didn't play it and I had to be a smart ass about it. So uh, expect a lot of that from, from stupidity from me like that. But uh, um, what a, what a, just an insane game and an app state, man, I feel, I feel bad for them. That was a, that was a huge, huge game for, for them at home. Um, they were saying a lot of, uh, a lot of North Carolina fans were buying app state season tickets to get tickets to the game. Um, it was one of the, I think it was the most heavily attended game, uh, ever at, at app state and, uh, man, they, they, they came out so, so strong, played so well. They have three, really three good running back or at least two, two excellent running backs and Deja Carrington and Cameron peoples. They, they have, I can't remember the other guy's name, but they have three really good running backs actually. And then, uh, and then Chase Bryce, who was a, was a Clemson QB transfer, uh, you know, at quarterback, just, just, man, at the end of the game, just couldn't, couldn't quite, uh, couldn't quite get it done. For Joseph Manera, I'm Shane Curran. That's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Remember, rate, review, subscribe, and always bet on yourself. Philly and the Over is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe?